We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Welcome to the Tuesday, December 15th edition of the RotoWire NFL Podcast. Week 14 is officially in the books. I'm Joe Bart, alongside me, as always, Jake Latarski, breaking down your free agent pickups for this week. But before we really do that, I think we have to talk about one of the greatest Monday Night Football games that we've seen in quite a while, right? I mean, this mm-hmm. was this was a fun one. Ravens 47. Not 45-47 for you Vegas lovers out there. Browns yeah. 42, and there was a lot of points here in the second half. Uh, yeah, that was amazing. I mean, that's got to be an all-time <laughs> like cover, either cover or right. blown or cover. Or a bad I beat. Right. I saw some of our, our some sports books out there, like our friends at the FanDuel Sportsbooks, where we were funding Browns plus three and a half, those kind of things that were just terrible, I do appreciate terrible that. beats. You know, you got to love that. You can never count on that, of course. But uh, but yeah, just I mean, that's an all-timer. And the look on SVP's face right after the game when they <laughs> It to him. He, and he's he was just like he was speechless. He's like <laughs> he just he just didn't know. It was great. Um I mean obviously I did I did not bet this game, fortunately, but uh whew, 
uh, that would be that would be a killer, man. That's that's an all timer. I don't know where listen Jeff stood on that one. I'll be interested. I'm sure we'll hear it on XM or other other stuff mm-hmm. publications. But they were actually talking about the the bad beats, or really in the case for list good beats this week with the Chiefs and Lions respectively, just barely covering. Uh, yeah, the Dolphins. I said Dolphins and Lions respectively covering in their games. And this is one of those. I was I, I was helped by the Dolphins one. Hurt by, or sorry, help of the Packers hurt by the Dolphins because I do. I'm one of the radio hits. I just do the the gambling every week with them, whatever, just oh, yeah, picking yeah. spreads. Some, and I'm yeah. doing, I'm doing, I'm tied right now for first. I was tied entering, and so I'm really happy. And I go and look, and I had, uh, I had, I think the Browns plus three, and it's like, come on. So uh, I'm among many in America right now frustrated by that. But you know, okay, so the gambling aspect aside, we had so many points scored. I think this is one of the highest Monday night games in a long time mm-hmm. as well. Um, I, I think we have to talk about poop gate, right? Yeah, I don't even know if there's a gate. I mean, it, there's no scandal here. Pretty much it is what it looks like. Now, Lamar came out and denied it, but you and I both know. We've seen, we've done that waddle hundreds of times before. We know exactly what that happens. The one question I had maybe was it took kind of long, like like. It took longer than minutes I thought. Documented, yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. From what I was so, like, <laughs> normally if you have to kind of, you know, clench up and go that far. It's going to come out pretty quick, you would think. So maybe, you know, I don't know, maybe there was some kind of cramping involved. But either way, uh, you know, one of the one of the better, more more <laughs> it, uplifting it just, sports stories adds, in the last it, 24 hours. We, we really needed this game, I think, for the year of 2020 because it just adds another dimension to mm-hmm. what I think is going to be the best game from the season. Um, yes, you're right. I, I wish I could say speak for yourself. Uh, we have both seen that waddle and done that waddle. We know exactly mm-hmm. what's going on when you see that. Well, I mean, I, for listeners out there who are, you know, trying to follow along with the podcast i'll tweet out the image of it uh, yeah. like i mean just, if you're on twitter you've seen that yeah. image right i mean <laughs> if you were on twitter for any amount of time last night you saw that image and i don't know it's pretty clear to me I, you know college basketball guy i'm big on the eye test here uh I, I know what the eye test says that was so I, i'm we'll trying to think of that. like the the conspiracy theory behind it so you're right i mean the one hole in this argument is that he was again out for 35 missed uh, minutes mm-hmm. missed a bunch of crucial possessions it's entirely possible that Lamar, understanding the optics of how this looked, could have just been like, hey, guys, you know, we're up by 14 points at the time when he goes in. Mm-hmm. What if we just like kind of, you know, massage the leg out a little bit? Oh, yeah. Also, my shoulder's not feeling all that yeah, well. Yeah. Like you could add those things well, on and top. Then you, and then you've got all the Twitter doctors coming through like, <laughs> you know, he maybe had COVID a couple weeks ago. One of the symptoms of COVID is, is you know, uh, go ahead and fill in the blank. Yeah, okay. exactly. Or like, you know, recovering from it or what have you. Okay. I don't know. I mean, it seems like it's got 100 symptoms these days. And there it could there all really be shouldn't things, be but... shame to it. I, you no, know, there I'm, is no no shame. Don't, I'm, don't I'm mistake a, this as me shaming him. No, or anything. I'm, I'm kind of disappointed. Lamar is trying to just get out of that as much as he can. Like RG three laughed at a tweet that was talking about it as well. Like if your backup quarterback is making jokes of it, it should be it should be confirmation. Yeah. There, no, there is no shame to no that. Shame. I mean, if anything, it's relatable. He's one of yes. us. <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, so that also occurred, and we had just a plethora of rushing touch, touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Thank goodness for Marquise Brown scoring a touchdown for my last place dynasty team. Uh, in the playoffs, who did absolutely nothing uh, yeah, for me. I, I know you were say, looking if you're starting, pretty. If you didn't cut Marquise Brown yet. Uh, 
I had to start a bit differently, but I was already winning anyway. It doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, But otherwise, it was the Nick Chubb show. It was Lamar Jackson who ran for Mm -hmm. 100 plus yards before going to the bathroom. Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. Both these guys are studs. Both these guys are must start status. Uh, I mean, it is what it looks like. They're both excellent. I was surprised that they didn't bring. Chubb in for a third touchdown after Kareem got him in the red zone on maybe the, it was early on. I was thinking like, why wouldn't Chubb be in this territory? And they gave it to Kareem, you know, good for him. They each scored twice, you know. It, it's going to be game flow dependent, you know. If the Browns are ahead, Chubb's going to get get his eat even more. If the Browns are behind, you know, Kareem Hunt definitely looks more favorable. But both these guys are going to eat. That's the moral of the story. I can't think of a running back situation where a team has two number one fantasy starting running backs. Like you could you could make a case that you're starting Chubb and Hunt every single week and it works out. Like you mm-hmm. might be losing some points from one end or the other, but you have two running backs that can absolutely start in a fantasy team any single week and, and they are from the Browns. It's just a mm-hmm. weird situation for me. Uh, and, and for how many times that Kareem has vultured Nick Chubb, I was really hoping for the inverse to occur where Chubb yes. was, but that did not happen. It was mm-hmm. a little bit frustrating. Gus Edwards and the other side of things yeah. also got two rushing touchdowns jk mm-hmm. dobbins got I was a say, easy walk in speaking of people who did not eat mark ingram would be one of those he played one just snap. one of the Ravens' 60 offensive snaps all of the work went to dobbins and edwards and dobbins i understand i think he's the best back here yes um but edwards is an interesting look after scoring twice and uh, only being rostered in 33 percent of leagues he missed a lot of uh, a lot of first go-arounds on the waiver wire. You right. know, guys who got had to have their columns submitted by Monday night to the editors, maybe didn't get to count Monday night's action in there. I mean, Gus Edwards has been kind of doing this off and on all year. For Just, sure. I mean, J.K. Dobbins is probably should out-snap him and should out-work him, you know, if you look at, you know, again, the eye test and the talent level. But Gus Edwards, I mean, he's... It's, it's going to get really tough. I mean, if you're in a bad running back situation, I don't know, maybe you have Jacobs or another questionable player here that you, don't, you can't quite trust... Uh, Edwards is probably startable in the playoffs. Yeah, that was the part that I was going to ask. Like, how, we, we talked last week. You want to have people that you could potentially start, whether it be mm-hmm. um, Tony Pollard, who fills in for Ezekiel or Devontae Booker, right, for Josh Jacobs two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Is there really an instance where Gus Edwards becomes a starter for you? And I guess you could fi- yeah. probably finagle yeah. some in there. So I, I look at the Ravens' rest-of-season schedule, and you have the Jags, who are 28th against yep. the ru- running backs in standard formats, the Giants, who are 23rd, and the Bengals, who are 24th. I mean, there are no tough matchups there that would make there make me shy away. And it, we know from watching you know this whole season that Dobbins isn't going to get all of the carries. Unfortunately. And it gets a little tricky in the red zone there. So, uh, yeah, Edwards becomes in play very much. He at least should be in your roster. And I don't know a scenario, like if Dobbins gets hurt, Mark Ingram still probably takes some of Dobbins' workload. Mm-hmm. So it's not like, here's Gus Edwards, the featured back for the Ravens in these juicy matchups. That's never going to happen. But with how efficient that running game has been, how good Gus Edwards has looked, I don't see a reason why he shouldn't be rostered again at 33% owned uh, in Yahoo leagues. That feels too low for a guy that has been so good this year. So, yeah, that's uh, Ravens, Browns, you know, again, uh, a lot that happened. That might be one of those. And and I saw it on Twitter as well last night. You just watched an ESPN Classic, and that's for sure. Like in 10 years, you're going to be seeing that on ESPN Mm -hmm. Classic. That's still a station. Yeah, Yeah, we don't have the red zone data in yet from Monday night. But every week since week six, Edwards has had one or more red zone touch. 
Okay. So, uh, you know, inside the 20 and a lot of them inside the five, including five in week nine. I mean, the guy is getting used where the fantasy money is being made. So for that reason, you know, he becomes on the radar. We'll, we'll save talking about him then when we get to the running backs today. Yeah. The other part of this is Baker Mayfield. And I guess it's kind of a good transition into the quarterback position, which we normally do as well. Mayfield pre- played pretty well. I mean, I know the Ravens were banged up throughout most of the second half, really, for the most part uh, with their secondary. But I don't think anybody would have anticipated Baker Mayfield passing for as many yards as he did. And now it becomes a question, do you like Baker Mayfield as a streaming option against the vibrant and and doing pretty well Giants defense? I know that DeAndre Hopkins got the better end of James Bradbury, but this is normally a situation and certainly entering the year, you're like, oh yeah, Giants secondary, it's horrible. Definitely take advantage of it. And I feel like we have two things that are trending up, both Baker Mayfield and the Giants' pass defense now kind of squaring off as one of the more viable possible streamers this week. Yeah, I'm not too crazy about Baker because when this team is having success, they're a run-first team number one. So that out of the way, then you look at the matchup. The Giants, um, you know, of course, Kyler Murray gets boosted by his rushing every week, but, you know... 24 for 35, 244 yards and a touchdown, you know, without the 47 rushing yards, that doesn't look particularly that great. And even then, you know, the week before you have the Giants pretty much holding Russell Wilson in, in check. He was not cooking. He was maybe like a like a sous chef at best in, in that game. So uh, the matchup makes me shy away a little bit. And, uh, you know, th- there are some other decent streamers here. I mean, Rivers has been looking decent, and the Texans are getting torn apart. Uh, you know, Derek Carr has been looking serviceable here, and, you know, he's got the Chargers who are, you know, good but not great. There are other guys out there that I think I'd maybe rather stream. Of course, number one probably being Jalen Hurts at 18% rostered. He gets the Cardinals in Week 15. 17 for 30, so not much in terms of completion percentage there, but that's pretty much what we expected. 167 yards passing, 106 yards rushing. I think uh, Hertz would probably be the top streaming options. And, and maybe, you know, if, you're, if you've been like me and juggling Matt Ryan, Tom Brady types all year <laughs> long, ask, yeah. uh, then Hertz gets in that mix as somebody who's, you know, in a similar vein as Murray. We know he's not Kyler Murray, but the rushing is going to bring the floor up just enough to, you know, get you the 15, 20 points you need from your quarter back to maybe carry you through another playoff week yeah I mean Tom Brady for sure is a start this week but you brought it up and I'm I'm frustrated like I have made I'm in five playoffs yet now so entering this this week I'm still in five leagues and in two of those I actually am like I I really could use a Jalen Hurts and he's picked up in both of them and again 18% rostered on Yahoo there should be no reason with basically two weeks to play in almost every league that Jalen Hurts is rostered in now two of these leagues but yeah like it's it's tough it's funny I mean the hype is real it depends how attentive I guess your leagues are because in our in a keeper league that I do someone that was way out of the playoffs put a nine dollar bid in on Hurts and you can only keep two players and usually keeping a quarterback isn't the wisest thing to do when you only have two but people are out there they want to see if the hype is real and and you know try to get a single digit Kyler Murray Lamar Jackson type in future years I'm not going to go that far yet but if you have attentive owners he's he's tough to get otherwise you know with the weeks winding down if you need a quarterback he's easily the number one waiver spot I, I think that's unquestionably the case and I know listen Jeff spent a lot of time yesterday talking about Jalen Hurts so We'll, we'll kind of move past him, but I agree. He's the mm-hmm. number one pickup for quarterbacks. It might be among the top three or four overall this week, especially uh, when you're juggling positions. It's generally yeah. going to be quarterback or kicker or defense, running back, wide receiver, not so much. Mm-hmm. You have to have a significant
significant injury pop up, and really nothing else occurred this past week that made that happen. Yeah, the other thing with quarterbacks is, you know, when we talk about streamers, so we can keep this relatively brief, uh, who are you actually benching? Because bye weeks are over, it's the playoffs, chances are you had a guy that got you here. I mean, looking down the list, Deshaun Watson has a pretty bad matchup at Indianapolis, and he is, you know, he lo- he's losing his weapons, maybe Cooks will come back, Cooks and Cutie are both, uh, are both a little bit banged up, I guess. I mean, Matt Ryan against Tampa Bay, you definitely don't lean back on that well. I've seen Tampa Bay do some uh, mm-hmm. some, some nasty things to opposing quarterbacks. You know, if you'd been riding, riding the Kirk Cousins streaming uh, wave there, I guess, you know, you don't really play him against Chicago. Cam Newton, he was already on our drop list last week. Right. You know, he's he, his outlook hasn't gotten any better. So, yeah, you really have to think about who you're benching because, I mean, out of all these streamers, I mean, Hertz and, and Carr don't get into the top 12, you know, maybe borderline top 15 this week. What do you think? Yeah, it's tough. Like I was, Ryan for sure. I'll take Hertz over Ryan. I think that's a good one. Um, yep. I, I, Hertz I was over think- Cousins probably. Yeah, well, I, Cousins is like bottom bottom ten against the he Bears. Snuck up, yeah, he had snuck up to like past fifty percent. But so, like, if yeah. let's say Matthew Stafford was healthy, potentially that's a great matchup against the ten, uh, Tennessee Titans secondary. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't want Stafford now with whatever is going on with him. I would rather yeah. have Hurts over Stafford. Well, that kind of brings us to our two quarterback league discussion too. I mean, Matt Stafford got crushed in yes. that Packer game. He yep. got sandwiched. He's one of the toughest guys out there. His X-rays seemed okay on his ribs. Um, Chase Daniel at Tennessee. I mean, if it's Stafford. Or Daniel, I think that's a decent streaming option, probably more for two quarterback leagues. You know, when you look at the list of guys that were hurt this week or other quarterbacks on lower tier tiers that were changing, um, whoever the Lions tried out there is probably better than the other two quarterback options. I agree, but yet ironically, I'm actually picking up the Titans defense as well um, as a backup case mm-hmm. scenario, yeah, just on the assumption that Chase Daniels might not do that effectively. And I, the Packers defense isn't very good, much like the Titans defense isn't very good. So Daniels looked okay in that game, in, in that mm-hmm. little bit that he had to play against the Packers this past week. I don't know. It, it's it's a tough scenario. And like, I would rather go with Dwayne Haskins if Alex Smith were to be out. Like, if we're going to be going for two QB streaming options, Haskins has the talent. I think he has the better weapon in Terry McLaurin as well. Uh, And hopefully has a bit of a bruised ego to the point where he'll be more receptive to whatever pseudo magic Ron Rivera wants to put on. Yeah, like, exactly. I don't know. Well, it's a weird thing. Before you go to the Haskins, well, you definitely have to at least type in if you're in a two quarterback league, see what Gardner Minshew is doing. The matchup is much, much worse. You know, he's That's starting it, Sunday in, he, but he will start Sunday in Baltimore. And, you know, He's got a running game to fall back on. You know, all the receivers, Cole Shark, what have you, they're better with Minshew under center. I, I mean, Jeff Enlis hit this yesterday, so we don't have to talk about it a ton. You're tanking if you're starting Mike Glennon over Gardner Minshew. You don't see what you have in Glennon. Right. So, uh, you know, Minshew, Minshew being back, at least, you know, you've got a lot more fantasy history of fantasy success than someone against Haskin, than someone like Haskins, even if the matchup is a little bit worse. I, I think I'll take Haskin over um, Minshew. But, I mean, again, this is kind of semantics because in the 2QB mm-hmm. league, you're probably not winning if Dwayne Haskins or Gardner exactly. Minshew is your number two guy anyway. But, so. you know, the Minshew, the guy who had Minshew in your two-quarterback league could have easily dropped him sure. after Glennon started. Sure. Okay, the Jags are tanking and I need a roster spot. This is tough. He could be out there and available. So it's at least worth a mention. Somebody probably isn't who isn't, but I'm going to anyway. Um, Brandon Allen's day-to-day with a knee injury. Maybe go back to Ryan Finley. For me, the biggest takeaway from that story is you probably got to sit Boyd and any other, maybe yeah. even Higgins, if, uh, if Finley is under center because you can't really rely on it. 
it. And against the Steelers' defense, too, which has obviously had its yep. cracks recently. Not but messing around. Yeah, no, Boyd was already on my bench to begin with, and I think kind of reinforces that notion. So uh, you good with the quarterbacks? Like, I mean, we talked about Cam Newton as a drop last week. He's still rostered in 65% of leagues. Mm-hmm. Get rid of him. There's no point. Honestly, 65% playing. of leagues at this week, we've already had one knockout route of the playoffs. So I think it's just people that aren't making moves anymore. Okay. That's got to yeah, be I mean, the only reason he's at 65%. Because, yeah, if you have an active playoff spot, you got to look at you know any of the three, four, five streamers we mentioned before I that. I think that's a good segue into a guy that I was just bamboozled with his roster ship right now. Leonard Fournette, who actually now becomes a prominent member, which is weird because we yo-yoed to having a healthy inactive. Mm-hmm. Fournette was a healthy inactive Sunday to now being in a prominent role potentially this Sunday with Ronald Jones having surgery on his right pinky uh, and putting a pin in it, much like we had with Chris Goblin earlier in the year. I think Goblin ended up missing one game, but it was possible like if it was like, oh, playoffs, mm-hmm. he would be back. It sounds like the same type of surgery for Ronald Jones, too. Obviously, as a running back, I think your hand is as important as receiver, right? Mm-hmm. So I could see Got to hang out to the football. I mean, we saw the Gio Bernard yeah. you know, purgatory this week. Hanging out to the football is important. I could see a scenario where Ronald Jones does not play this week. And if that's the case, Leonard Fournette would be one of the top pickups if he was actually available. Again, mm-hmm. at the moment, he was rostered yeah. in 70%, 72% of Yahoo leagues, which seems mm-hmm. ridiculous. Yeah, me. I mean, I don't see LaShawn McCoy's snapshot suddenly shooting up to the point where he's a bell cow back. Uh, Fournette's the way to go. Fournette's the guy that gets the goal line carries so um yeah i i'm I'm glad you put this one in there because i overlooked the ronald jones injury that's a tough one and if if you had you know if you're using ronald jones down the stretch there's a good chance he helped you into the playoffs with a couple good games yeah he certainly was at least a depth option for your uh for your leagues that you might not be able to have this week so just keep Keep track of Ronald Jones' stats. Again, Fournette at 72% rostered currently, uh, unless you're able to capitalize on teams actually cutting their players. Because I, I imagine that roster ship is only because there are leagues that just kind of gave up or teams that gave yeah, up and exactly. just had Fournette on. Yeah, I so. mean, we can do a whole show about this at the end of the season, but having incentives <laughs> to have everybody making pickups, I mean, I agree with uh, you know the, the common take out there. If it's not a dynasty league or there's no stake bet like ours or yes. point situation, you're not playing for draft pick. If you're out, you have no business undermining you know the the few teams that are left in the playoffs by making pickups which is why you need to have some kind of thing like a stake bet or you're playing for next year or there's some kind of dynasty component to make things more interesting make the way warrior more competitive yeah you didn't even do this but it's a great transition again because i think the top pickup this week and it's a very specific top pickup is lynn bowden who is All technically right. a running back classified in stake league in my fantasy leagues. Okay, because he, 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 I looked when I added him, he was RB wide receiver in Yahoo too. Yes. So. so in in stake league, so in my fantasy league and Yahoo, I don't I didn't check ESPNs. I would be surprised, especially with the Taysom Hill nonsense they had yeah. earlier this year. They seem to be more see, generous than anything. Yeah, like I, I think like if he is listed as a running back, he is not only the must start pickup I think he could be a must start this week as well now again I know the Dolphins are missing running backs Miles Gaskin uh, was placed on the COVID list it sounds like he was tested positive for it so out multiple games Matt Breida already had tested positive so he's out multiple games DeAndre Washington I want we're going to get to him I promise Mm -hmm. DeAndre Washington is your starter for the Dolphins but like here's a guy over the last two weeks in Lynn Bowden the third round pick for the Raiders that got traded to the Dolphins or dropped one of the two 13 targets 
and by default has become almost the number one wide receiver, especially after Devontae yep. Parker and Mike Jasicki left in consecutive mm-hmm. or in last week's game. And it was like in consecutive plays. All right, real quick, can confirm on ESPN that he is eligible for both running there back There you go. Wide like, I think, again, not only a must pickup, I think he is a must start as a running back, too, in a lot of different formats. Like, I have Wayne mm-hmm. Gallman in Stake League as my running back, too. I would absolutely have Bowden as my flex over yeah. a Mike Williams, Jacoby Myers, any of the Cardinals wide receivers. These are guys that are prominent players. And if he has running back eligibility, whether it be in half point PPR or full point PPR, you have to be starting him. Yeah, it is a little tough because they have the Patriots next week, and I, yeah, I don't know. The Patriots defense has been has been respectable this year. They're not the super feared one, especially after all their guys opted out. But no, I can buy Bowden, and he's a definitely a, a cheat code here. I had definitely taken into account Devontae Parker. I forgot completely about Jasicki leaving mm-hmm. the game. You know, with the red zone threat that he is, and this Jakeem uh, Grant is also was mm-hmm. also injured in that game too, and they were already missing yeah. guys earlier in the year from COVID and other everything else too. Yeah, Bowden only carried the ball one. But yeah, as long as he's got that running back eligibility, he's um, he's like so like earlier in the season, I was thinking, okay, Montgomery's out. Maybe I'll go ahead and pick up Cordero Patterson Mm -hmm. uh, as someone that, you know, you can this is like that times a bunch because Bowden is a much more effective pass catcher. And like you said, he's got the pedigree of of the third round. I mean, Mac Hollins tied him for the team high in targets with nine. But um, uh, there's no threat. I mean, Bowden had a higher catch rate and, um, you know, was right there in terms of average. So, and, you know, the the long catch too. So it was, uh, it was very comparable. And no, I agree. Bowden gets up there near the top of the list. I might look, okay. I don't want to say I'd start Jeff Wilson over him, but if you don't win your Bowden bid, then I think Jeff Wilson kind of sneaks in as the second guy. Tell me I'm nuts. Yeah, it, it depends. And like again, if if you're using Bowden as a wide receiver, there's less value to that for me. But if he is eligible at running back in every mm-hmm. format like we broke down, I would much rather have him. I just don't see a scenario, even if Devontae Parker and Jasicki come back, whatever. Like even if Solomon Ahmed comes back, he was unable to play this past week. He's basically the number two running back yep. for the Dolphins. And it Gaskin's looking at multiple weeks. Yeah. I think that was an actual COVID test. Yes, positive. that's yep, that, yep. that's the report. You were covering Saturday. it on Saturday. Yep, yeah. So. so I, I, that's a, as we know right now. There's no threat of Gilmore or J.C. Jackson covering. Uh, like sliding over because Bowden's a slot guy specifically for the Dolphins. Mm-hmm. He has to be the guy I'm picking up over Jeff Wilson. It's easy for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay, so I can buy that. You sold me on that, but let's talk about Jeff Wilson a little bit. Okay. Still only rostered in 19% of leagues. I still think that in the overall scheme of things, maybe you blew, up, blew all your fab and don't have any more or mm-hmm. you know, are looking at you know one of the lower priorities. Then you maybe think about Wilson because he's only 19% rostered. He's still very involved, um, just especially at the goal line, despite you know Raheem Mostert being back. Of course, Mostert kind of had to have that ankle injury looked at. We don't really know. And then I was wondering, like, well, what the heck happened to Ke- Tevin Coleman and Jarek McKinnon? Tevin Coleman had two total snaps in the whole game. Jarek McKinnon only played on special teams. So those guys seem like they're pretty much phased out and you know if something happens to most or one of those guys will have to get a little bit more work but the the red zone work for um for jeff wilson was absolutely what was encouraging to me it's back-to-back weeks now now i only i know he didn't score week 13 against buffalo but he's received a pair of carries inside the five yard line in back-to-back weeks now and coming up he's got the cowboys who have just no interest in stopping the run apparently whatsoever they're 27th against opposing running backs in in, uh fantasy for or in standard formats and then after that you've got the cardinals 
also on the road, but 22nd against uh, opposing running backs in standard leagues. So Wilson definitely squeaks into my top five pickups this week. Yeah, and that's an interesting one. Vegas has the over-under at 45 points for the Niners-Cowboys. That feels about right. I don't know if I have a swing one way or another on that one and it I, my gut says under because i, the I think Cowboys so offense, too but. and well i think the nine that's the other part of the niners offense isn't very good either and brandon Ayuk has been carrying them from a wide receiver perspective mm-hmm. debo samuel was injured in that game along with Mostert uh being banged up too so i don't know it, it's it's gonna i'm not i'm not really sold on the maybe backup running back getting goal line carries in a matchup we both think hits the under but that being said, when you are getting the goal line carries, mm-hmm. maybe it does have some value. Like, I just don't see a scenario, much like Gus Edwards, where are you really yeah. starting Jeff Wilson? Exactly. So you, that that's really the decision you have to make, right? Wilson or Edwards, most likely? Yeah. I th- Well, or Lynn Bowden. Or Lynn Bowden. Yes, <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm pushing it all the way. I'm all, yeah. all the chips All, all the this. chips are going in. Yeah, that's, just, that's interesting because it's going to depend on what the injury reports look at throughout the week. If any right. of those questionable running backs end up being unable to go or are limited, uh, you know, then you suddenly have to make that decision. It's really just too early in the week to tell on a couple of those guys. I mentioned Jacobs, who I, who you know, who I had in a couple of leagues, and you know, you, you don't really know with him, and uh, you know, guys that like Carson that are always indefinitely on the injury report, right? And like, so you'll wait and see kind of what happens this, with this. Were you relying on Mike Davis? Do you think Christian McCaffrey is going to come back? Will you have to sit Mike Davis if McCaffrey comes back? These are situations where maybe you, or maybe you just punted running backs and were streaming the whole year and didn't land James Robinson. Those are situations there um well i was gonna say it's ironic because i mean we just mentioned a situation especially this year things crop up on saturdays and fridays mm-hmm. and thursday nights like right yeah. like we just had miles gaskin who was placed on the covid list on saturday that type of stuff can still appear mm-hmm. so you're right i mean there, there's still viability in doing this podcast now you're giving options for what you might have yeah. to consider down the road exactly so. i mean i was even coaching a friend through a 10 team league that had Mostert in his flex this week and i'm thinking there, there, I mean, I know you don't do the waiver wire much, but there's got to be someone out there. You right. Know? And, and Mostert seems like an okay, at least going into the week when he was back. But, you know, I've just I've ran across way too many situations where some kind of RB2 is, is necessary. And uh, one more I want to toss up on this t- tier. I know we touched on the Cowboys a little bit in that game with the over-under or 45, but Tony Pollard's still 22%. Let me get this straight here. He has value as Zeke's backup first and foremost right and who knows if this thigh bruise continues to affect Zeke who knows how motivated he is with this team well I you would think out of the playoffs in a normal year but I guess you never really know in this <laughs> not division in the NFC East. not in the NFC East but um there's value number one as Zeke's backup but also as someone who got almost 40 percent of the snap share like they, they seem to almost be splitting time a little bit and you know that amount of touches could squeeze into fantasy relevance especially I mean I know plenty of listeners are in 16 le- team leagues here that are squeaking squeezing for somebody in the playoffs you know he's probably definitely rostered in that deep of a league you would think but if he's not he's a name you type in as well yeah, I think the people that are listening to this are also the ones that have already picked up Pollard under the pretenses that he has value as mm-hmm. a backup. So Fair to me, like it's like, all right, I mean, we went over that before, much in the same way we've really went over Gus Edwards too, but it's just worth reinforcing the point. Mm-hmm. I want to focus on the Dolphins running back position because we talked about Lynn Bowden. He is a wide receiver for the team just because he has running back eligibility does not affect their running back snaps out of the backfield. And again, Gaskin on the uh, COVID list, Brady on the COVID list. DeAndre Washington was the guy that stepped in – 
in a revenge game against the Chiefs. Only 13 carries for 35 yards. Didn't really do much from a receiving angle. I guess that was to be expected. I mean, like you were hoping there'd be a bit more rushing yards. But now we have the possibility that Selvin Ahmed, after a two-game absence, returns and and has a, you know, not a decent match against the Patriots defense. But you look at the ways for the Dolphins to exploit the Patriots, I don't think it's through passing. I think it's going to be through running the ball. So I wonder if Selvin yeah. Ahmed, if he is cleared to play, and again, we don't know his stats because we're doing this podcast mm-hmm. Tuesday, is he a guy that you pick up or would you rather have DeAndre Washington? Let's say one or the other is starting. Like, mm-hmm. Do you feel comfortable I mean, using him? Washington went pretty low on my list. Uh, now, he was the guy who got most of the carries, but uh, Patrick Laird actually outsnapped him. Laird had 51% to Washington's 47, and then Laird ran 21 routes to Washington's 16. So even in a game where he was seemingly the lead back, his usage wasn't quite what you'd like it to be, and I would think that the return of Ahmed would cut more into Washington as opposed to yeah. somebody like Laird. Absolutely. So if if uh, Ahmed is playing, obviously Washington's out the door. Let's say mm-hmm. Ahmed's out again, third straight game. Do you feel like rolling the dice with Washington? Um, I mean, not if any of those other guys we've already okay. talked about. I'd, I'd almost rather start a Tony Pollard in a 40% snap share against the Bengals mm. than I would than I would a Washington. Okay, that's interesting. I think I might still you, stick you never with... know. Pollard might run a kickback or something like that, too. You know, you can't really count on fluky things, but they're, they're, those are just more touches that are, aren't going to necessarily show up in some of our touches graphics. Yeah, that's true. I guess I think I'd still go with DeAndre Washington because, I th- you know, there there is a focal role for him as opposed to whatever Pollard's doing. Mm-hmm. And maybe the Cowboys are just doing weird things because they can. I don't. I don't know. It's, they're a frustrating team. I mean, they've been a frustrating team all year, so it's kind of hard to identify. Let's go through a few of the quick hitters. Uh, Ito Smith led the Falcons' backfield in snap share carries, routes run, uh, forty-five total yards. Yeah, Gurley kind of was phased out again in the second half. Like I don't. I don't. I, I throw my hands up at this. Yeah, point I mean, unless unless you have Calvin Ridley or maybe you know Julio's backup Bish, who we'll talk about in the next segment. There's not really a whole lot to like in uh, in the fantasy in in terms of fantasy with the Falcons. I'll be willing to bet I'll drop Matt Ryan before the end of the year. And I think week. so too. I think so too. And, and talking about drops, I had mentioned McKinnon and Ingram as other drops. Another mm-hmm. one I might even consider, and this is Giovanni Bernard. Um, I know Zach Taylor wants to drop him for inexplicable reasons after his one fumble. That's yeah. dumb. Jeff and Liss covered how dumb it was mm-hmm. yesterday's podcast, which is like fine. 832 touches Whatever. without a fumble. Yeah. yeah. Is, I mean, okay. there's there's a reason Zach Taylor is not going to be a coach in the NFL next year. Uh, and this is mm-hmm. one of the many reasons why. Let's just pretend Giovanni Bernard does not get to do things again. I mean, like Smash P. Ryan, Trayvon Williams could be factors. The part you also have to consider is Joe Mixon could be returning off of IR. Yep. He's eligible to turn last week. Um, I Like, it's. I just really don't know what's happening there. I, I I don't see them bringing back Bernard or sorry bringing back Mixon against the Steelers in this laughable Monday night game that's going to be happening here. Mm-hmm. Steelers are favored by thirteen points, but you have the over unders at forty and a half. That's brutal. I, there's there, I don't think you're using Giovanni Bernard the rest of the season, mm-hmm. so he might be a guy I'm just dropping, even though I know he's going to be the starter. Because if somebody that wants to pick him up uses him, fine. Here's four points that you're getting in your roster. Like, I'm almost hurting my opposition yes. by leaving him out there. Exactly. Well, I actually thought that was going to be the case with Mike Davis because I had dropped him a couple weeks before, <laughs> yeah, thinking McCaffrey was going to come back. And then, well, and then someone's like, oh, nice drop on Mike Davis. I'm like, I'm like dude, the guy you're playing, it's going to benefit you because he's gotten single digit points for like the last four weeks. Of course, this week he goes nuts. Uh, sorry, man. I'm I actually good. think he's going to do well against the Packers, too, regardless of McCaffrey is there or not, because their interior defensive line just cannot stop anybody. Yes, it's um, But we'll, we'll have to see. So, all right, th- those are kind of your running backs. Anybody else that you really want to talk about? Um, you know, looking through the list, not 
Not really. Uh, I mean, we didn't touch on Peyton Barber. He's like a poor <laughs> oh, yeah. man's Jeff Wilson, maybe. <laughs> I mean, he's uh, he's the goal line guy with uh, you a know, force offense. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. You know, it, it might be Haskins starting at quarterback too. I mean, McKissick's value. McKissick's a guy we talked about last week. He gets a lot of those swing routes. Alex Smith loves checking down to him. But the uh, you know, in the trenches when things you know get a little bit uglier, than Peyton Barber's the guy that they hand the ball off to. Um, I would assume Antonio Gibson's out another week. Turf with the turf. Not something yeah. easy that you just bounce back from like that. And even if it is, you're going to be limited. You're going to go out there, get a couple carries. It's going to hurt like hell, and you're going to go back to the bench. Well, so. and Washington has playoff aspirations. I mean, they're in the quote-unquote hot seat. So, like, wouldn't you want Gibson as healthy as possible? I, I think more than likely he does sit this yeah. week. So. I mean, the converse of that is do you even get to the playoffs if you're not you know really pushing your best players? So. I think in the NFC East, yes. The answer, okay. the answer is yes. Fair enough. But. So, yeah, you know, I'm looking through the list here. Uh, yeah, Barber's the only guy I kind of jotted down as more of a bullet point than anything there. Okay. Um, something to think about. All right. Before we get to the wide receivers, word from our sponsor is BetMGM. Sports bettors know that magic happens when you turn a hunch into action and apply the right amount of expertise. That's why BetMGM has teamed up with RotoWire to offer new BetMGM customers a free six month RotoWire subscription when they place their first bet. Register on the BetMGM app or website, and once you make your first sports wager, you'll receive a season's length of RotoWire's unmatched sports insight. Find out why BetMGM is the king of sports books by signing up and placing your first bet today. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditioning. 21 years or older to wager. Colorado, Indiana, New Jersey, Nevada, Tennessee, and West Virginia only. Please make sure to gamble responsibly. And if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado, Nevada. 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey and West Virginia and Tennessee. Call or text the red line at 800-889-9789. Or if you know somebody or you yourself have a gambling problem wants help in Indiana, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Promotional offer not available in Nevada. So moving over to the wide receivers, it's pretty small, especially if you consider Bowden as more of a Mm -hmm. useful asset as a running back as opposed to wide receiver. Uh, We talked about Tim Patrick, T.Y. Hilton. T.Y. Hilton's going to be a great start this week against the Texans. All the way up to 75% roster. I mean, I'm just sitting here scratching my head. Somewhere along the line, Phil Rivers remembered that he has T.Y. Hilton (laughs) on his team. I mean, I I think it's his matchups. They've had some good matchups recently. Exactly. Okay, fair enough. See, I mean, I know Hilton was always, you know, a real good guy with luck. And then when the backup quarterbacks came around, you couldn't start him. He was unstartable. So maybe you get some of that here. But some of that chemistry is going. I had had hoped Michael Pittman would really break out and grow into a huge role. You know, it's been very, very very modest so far he's getting targeted but uh you know when you're not getting zero one two targets for hilton there's less to go around here on a team where jonathan taylor is definitely becoming the taylor's focal point emerging too yeah, the, i mean that's a huge offense. factor is this as well mm-hmm. for the drop in michael pittman but you're right and patrick again i talk about the broncos two touchdowns this past or two weeks ago touchdown again this week um Drew Locke actually had a good game, shockingly. Uh, so yeah, that, I mean it's it's crazy that we you know we talk about these Denver wide receivers because Jerry Judy's still kind of very meh. You know he Did only you had see like the five route run for points. his touchdown or what? The, the he had like a thirty yard catch and just completely dusted the Panthers cornerback. And I know the Panthers mm-hmm. cornerbacks aren't very good, but like Judy put him on his seat, and I yes. can't imagine what Devontae Adams is going to do this mm-hmm. week. It's going to be insane. Oh yeah, I mean Judy, I still think has you know loads of potential. I in think the world. I but still it, like him. The as only the place where one. I can decide to keep him is is like a two-keeper maximum and the, the production just hasn't been there for me to use a keeper spot on him and you know i'm not necessarily thinking this will be the case but i did put a two dollar bid on hamler in a league where i'm completely yeah. out of it you know yeah i've got a couple guys with some questions you know you know chris carson being one of them and uh and josh jacobs that are slightly more expensive keepers now i'm you know it's not like uh you know i'll throw 
I'll, I'll be more likely to keep Judy at five dollars than Hamler at two dollars. But I mean, Hamler had a pretty good game this week. He made he makes big plays. You know, he's more probably more of a best ball guy. You know, if you're shooting for that yeah. than anything else. But uh, you know, he came in with a decent pedigree as well. And I and, think Hamler's rostered in both of the auto new leagues, which are for listeners out there mm-hmm. that Devi auction pseudo keeper league that we do on Rotowire. Um, He's rostering both of them for basically a minimum dollars. And the way their salary works, I imagine he'll be in the free agent wire upcoming next year. But you talk about best ball guys, Marquez Veldes-Scantling, MVS, has kind of reemerged as that wide receiver. He's had some pretty good catches the past couple weeks now. Like, I mean, they have to be contested for him to catch it. If he's too wide open, no (laughs) chance. He gets in his head, right? Yeah, but if if they're contested, you know, he's gone out there and he's moved the chains for the Packers in some very important situations. I mean, the bullet point I put on our outline for today was, do you trust Marquez Valdez-Scantling? Uh, and, that, and that's the question that, you know, fantasy players out there are going to have to answer because, you know, Tunyon still continues to have his role. Mm-hmm. Lazard is back around. I mean, Equinemius St. Brown got a target here. And obviously, Devonte Adams is always going to be the first and foremost, like, option Rodgers looks at in any route tree. If it's not, if, yes. even if it's not supposed to be that, that way, you can bet Rodgers is looking at Adams first. So down the line here, I mean... How? I'm not starting him this week. Yeah, I'm not starting against the Panthers. I think Devontae Adams is going to be fine. I think Aaron Jones is a pretty good game. Even Tunyon gets some points. But yeah. if you happen to make it to Week 16 and you are really struggling, that Titans matchup is going to be insane. I don't know what Vegas is going to set for the over-under, but I can almost assure you I'm taking the over because Derrick Henry is yes. going to go for 400 you, yards. You have late-season Derrick Henry Rogers marching is going down to go the field. Insane. I can't think of a Packers defensive player that can tackle no, Henry. No, there's no so shot. So Rodgers is going to have to keep up. That's it's, it, it's 100%. So I will absolutely start MVS in Week 16 in my fantasy championships. That's the one roster right now I have. And I'm prepared to do so. Like, I'm mentally preparing myself for the letdown that could occur. But this week, no, I don't think I need to go ahead and roll a dice with MVS mm-hmm. against the Titans in Week 16. I'm all for. However, if Julio Jones is out, maybe a Russell Gage in a full-point PPR mm-hmm. makes some sense for this week. Like, I, I know we talked about the Falcons and the matchup they have, and we might not want to play Matt Ryan, but there's, like, just a level of, oh, yeah, he has mm-hmm. to throw the ball X amount of times, especially yep. against the Buccaneers. Like, I could see Russell Gage. Or maybe not. Sense. Russell Gage could just throw the ball instead of That's Matt true. Ryan. That's <laughs> true. That was a good throw. I, yeah, as cool as that was, it was a great fl- throw. I'm sitting here with my with my Ridley-Ryan stack here in Stake. <laughs> Just like, yes, Ridley, wait a minute. Wait, Who the heck threw that? You know, so I'm just, you know, it's so frustrating. Ryan goes out there, you know, has another single-digit fantasy point day, at least in any leagues that you, uh, you know, you're taking deducting points for interceptions. Yeah, Gage is interesting. Gets used in those gadget-type plays, and the volume seems to be even more so there uh, when Julio's not around. So definitely keep a watch there. Another injury situation I guess I'm watching would be Chad Hansen of the Texans. He's now had PPR games of 15.1 and 12.6 points. Now I'm thinking Cooks will be back. Kiki, maybe. You know, you just have to watch that injury report and see what kind of environments there. You know, if they get if they are fully healthy, then I'm less interested in Chad Hansen. But if one or both sits again, then he's on the board. Yeah, I talked about it with Bowden, but like the the Mike Williams of the world who's hurt, got hurt almost instantly uh in that Chargers game. They have a good matchup theoretically against the Raiders on Thursday. Mm-hmm. I will play Russell Gage. I will play Hanson if the Texan situation works out. I'll play Bowden over him. Like I just don't I don't want to deal with that. And whether it be the Cardinals wide receivers like Christian Kirk or anything. Yep, just yep. give me any one of these pickups as well. So there is possibility in like a three wide receiver and you have a flex and you know two one like deeper leagues, you could absolutely consider really the Gage, Hansen, uh Bowden combo as for sure starters, I think. 
based off their matchups. And MVS the following week also applies to that scenario too. So mm-hmm. any other wide receivers that you were like considering? I couldn't even think of any drops. Like I was going through the most roster guys in Yahoo. I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, no, it makes sense to keep this guy. And I've whatever. seen people mentioning Pittman as a drop maybe for some of these guys. Like He was at under 40% guys. roster yeah, though. Exactly. So it's like whatever. So, yeah, I mean – you might look at that and make that decision. I know. I know we've been the biggest Pittman advocates, but it, you know, if you need your last flex for a playoff spot, I mean, do you, Hanson or Pittman? I mean, which one has the better outlook? You, we just go every single week from here on out, right? So in this case, I think Hanson has the better outlook. I'll start him. But like next week, I don't know what the cold schedule is, but you could easily talk me into a scenario where Michael Pittman is still a startable option mm-hmm. if you need to. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Uh, moving on to the tight ends, we talked about Logan Thomas. He got his typical 10 points in the PPR league, wasn't able to break out to any extent. I actually think he is a decent enough start this week, though, especially if Dwayne Haskins is starter. And we don't know what Alex Smith's stats is going to be, but I feel a little bit better about Logan Thomas in that capacity. Dalton Schultz was a letdown. I was really disappointed by that, and he was a guy that we were advocating quite a bit as a top pickup. Only three catches Just for 34 really, yards. I think it looked at enough. Only three targets. I would have expected more. The game more. script kind of got out of hand. Like the, the Cowboys were up due to the defense and special teams, mm-hmm. which is how you know the Bengals are really bad. And when the Cowboys defense and special teams gets you ahead to the point where Schultz was not a factor, Cole Komet uh, continues to be around doing things Four catches for 41 yards and Dan Arnold scored again. So we have Kevin Payne who writes our waiver wire articles every week. Talk about Arnold now as the top pickup for mm-hmm. tight ends, three touchdowns in the past two weeks. The problem is he just doesn't play very much. Yeah, that's the thing for me. I was like, okay, yeah, I, I understand where we're going here. He's a red zone flyer, right? You know, you have to hope he gets one of those looks in the red zone. Mm-hmm. And you put it at maybe 60, 40 against him at, in a normal week if you kind of had to set that. So, you know, and you can look at the individual player props we have too on the website to see. But that's really the only research point because, uh, you know, the week before when he caught two touchdowns, he only played nine offensive snaps. So, so what? You're scoring a touchdown on 22% of the snaps <laughs> that you played? It just doesn't work that way. Yeah. yeah. No, that, that's not right. And I mean, he's only been above 30, point, uh, 30 snaps just once through the midway point. And even last week, it was just 24 snaps. So Arnold is interesting, I guess, given this landscape of tight ends. And maybe you could even throw him out there ahead of Dalton Schultz or Cole Komet. Again, you're looking at a, red, a dart, you know? So I, I want the floor. Like I, the Comets and the Schultzes and the Thomas of the world have been valuable, valuable to us throughout the entire podcast year yep. because they give you a receiving mm-hmm. floor. Yeah. Arnold it does not have that. There, there there's no there, floor the, the whatsoever. Floor is zero. Yeah. So no, I, I I would much rather have any of those aforementioned guys. To be honest, if you're in the fantasy playoffs right now, you are probably using a tight end that is more valuable than anybody available on the waiver wire right now. Mm-hmm. It's just not a position that's going to be able to give you much, whether it even be a dynasty, keeper league, whatever else. There isn't anything there, much like wide receiver. Uh, we need injuries to kind of open up opportunities, and there just hasn't been anything for quite a while. Exactly. I'll backtrack to Logan Thomas for one minute. My decision is whether or not I flex him You know, in a league where I have Kelsey as a tight end, and I don't think with Haskins no. I can. I, I, yeah, I don't think I would either. But, mm-hmm. I mean, it's going to be interesting to see how this Washington offense goes. Mm-hmm. We have to see Alex Smith out first. I, I still think Dwayne Haskins is a pretty good quarterback. Quarterback, yeah, uh, and well, it's just been kind yeah. of submarined just, by yeah. the Washington stink. I'm trying to say that the Logan Thomas ascension has really only happened because since Alex Smith. Smith has been the quarterback. I don't think that that same pace keeps up if it is Haskins. Yeah, we'll see. I actually, I'm not sure, but I mean, we we haven't had too much data to really reinforce one way or another. Let's move on to the defense streamers, which are unfortunately not all that great. I think if uh, you were hoping to target teams, it would be like the Seahawks, for example, mm-hmm. who are in a pretty good matchup. 
Uh, and yep. then like the Browns who face the New York Giants this week and then the Jets the following week. That's some valuable stuff. But in every league I'm in, I already have the Browns because I was planning ahead. So if you're looking at ones that are immediate situation, you might start the Cardinals, who Jerry Donabedian has as the top, I think, pickup this week overall, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. from a from a defense streamers. Yeah, because look, we're targeting backup quarterbacks or just quarterbacks we don't really necessarily believe in. And as although we do believe in Hurts being a good fantasy quarterback, you know, for the rushing floor, you go past you know for, to past seasons and think of guys like you know Josh Allen or Daniel Jones. Yeah, they're they're good fantasy quarterbacks because of that rushing floor, and, they, yep. and they'll have to sling a lot playing from behind but they turn the ball over too and I think that could happen um, with the Eagles we already one of the big things we when we talked about Carson Wentz was that the offensive line situation was brutal ever since the preseason um, you know there were injuries and this offensive line is you know a, a shell of what it could be right. Jason Peters yes. now on injured reserve exactly too. oh and, and one of the big reasons I read Jerry here is he cites that we have their starting right tackle Jack, Jack Driscoll now he's out yep. suddenly and um, you know you had of course Hassan Reddick get five sacks against the Giants this past week you know there's sack upside there even though Hurts is better at running away from the pressure than Wentz is but um, you know I can't guarantee that Hurts won't turn the ball over multiple times so uh, you get a young rookie quarterback that could although he didn't really on Sunday in his debut right. you, know, you would think theoretically it would be more turnover pro prone the offensive line's getting worse there's just a whole stack of things that kind of go in the favor of Arizona I completely understand it and from a sack floor I can I get it but I don't actually think this is that good of a start we haven't listened in the top 10 right now in terms of defense and I'm like uh no I like I would rather have the Mm -hmm. Cleveland defense against a bummed up Daniel Jones right now like I like that feels Mm -hmm. way easier of an idea and I know how banged up the Browns secondary is but Mm -hmm. I think in a Sunday night game you have all the television cameras on you again Daniel Jones with how limited he was from a hamstring perspective give me the Browns defense and Miles Garrett over Hassan Reddick as the guy that I'm worried about so I I like the Browns defense much more and again if not for this week the following week week 16 against the Jets that's a must start for Mm -hmm. you as well Um, Vikings against the Bears right like moving on from the defenses Mm -hmm. yeah whoever the Bears trot out a quarterback you know you target totally fine they're at 46 percent rostered so uh you you could make a case for them I kind of like the Titans defense who we mentioned earlier Mm -hmm. if they have to face Chase McDaniel now if Matthew Stafford is able to play we know how he guts out those injuries um the Titans secondary is just horrible I would be really concerned that Stafford the quality of quarterback he is even while injured mm-hmm. can take advantage of that but yeah. not chase daniel yeah swift is back for the lions so that helps but there's still no indication that kenny galladay is coming back if you get i mean chase daniel's a pro he's been around the league for long enough he's got plenty of experience mm-hmm. you know it's not like it's a ryan finley situation we're talking about this this week but yeah that maybe puts the titans in play they've just been pretty atrocious across the board on the defensive end lately which has been surprising after their hot start um the other one that uh you know if you're looking ahead I'm not necessarily sure, although you know we're starting to see Chase Young, a top draft pick for, for the Washington football team, we're starting to see him make big plays and get right. involved. This is the defense that's trending in the right direction. I'm not necessarily going to advocate starting them against Seattle. Seattle has just way too many weapons there. But there's Carolina and Philly to finish out the season there. So Washington makes an interesting case as a possible streamer. Definitely an under-the-radar one, one that you wouldn't necessarily expect. Now, the real question is, Is it's, it's the playoffs here. Handful of teams left. You know, Even if your playoffs are starting this week, you've got six to eight teams in there at best. Um, who do you really bench? Um, I made the mistake of 
you know, taking the Dolphins defense and benching them because it was against the Chiefs. And then, of course, you know, Mahomes decides to throw his three th- picks. Th- yeah, th- exactly. Game. Which is crazy. But, I mean, you take the same logic, and the Saints are 95% rostered, and they're going up against Kansas City, who, you know, it's either them or the Packers, I guess, when you talk about the best offense in the NFL. I think the stats yeah. lean slightly towards Kansas City, you know, depending on if you're looking at points or total yards or, or different, you know, definitely not differential, but, you know, what have you. Do you bench the Saints defense for Absolutely. any of these guys? Yeah. Absolutely. I think the Saints and Colts, the Colts have been one of the top roster defenses for the entire year and certainly one of the higher scoring ones against the Texans. I know how banged up the wide receivers are. Uh, and the Colts actually did pretty good against Deshaun Watson two weeks ago. It was fine enough for mm-hmm. the numbers. But both those defense, the Saints and Colts respectively, pretty easy benches for me. Like, I mean, it makes sense to start the Rams against the Jets and the Steelers against the Bengals and even the Ravens against Gardner Minshew. But there's like a pretty clear hierarchy for I'd much rather have the Cardinals, even mm-hmm. though I'm not a huge fan. And again, the Browns against a banged up Daniel Jones, it makes all the sense in the world to me to go ahead mm-hmm. and have Miles Garrett Take advantage of them. Yeah, I mean, I like the Cardinals the more and more I think about this. It's like, yes, it is very, very possible for Jalen Hurts to have a great fantasy game and the Cardinals defense to have a great fantasy game. The endorsement of the Cardinals doesn't mean I think Hurts is going to do bad. I still think he's the top quarterback pickup and top stream, but he's just going to have to run around and create so much more, and that causes potential disaster, potential turnovers. So I guess my my one thought with that is, and we'll run out the podcast after this, Like, if Hurts was going to implode, why wouldn't he have done it against a better defense in a worse situation? With it doesn't even need to be an line. implosion. He just needs to make one really bad play, one really bad decision that okay. goes the other way, and then you're hitting value here. I mean, that that's yeah, that's fine. It doesn't make him a top five play, but you know, again, I would, I, top I, ten play, I'd say. Okay, that's a, and I and I, that's fine with me. And I say Miles Garrett against Daniel Jones and the Giants' offensive line. That's a top ten play too, uh, and, mm-hmm. and pretty convincingly so in my opinion, especially with the Jets coming up. So that does it for us in the Week 15 edition of the RotoWare NFL podcast, breaking down all the free agents. Uh, we have, of course, Jeff and his guest at, on Wednesday. Then we have John and Mario doing the Thursday show. And Laird and Jedstead always doing that DFS content, one of the best podcasts that we have on our network. Stick around for next week. We'll be giving you your stuff for your championship uh, Sunday if you are able to play or championship week in Week 16. Thanks. Thanks.